Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour right here on bbsradio.com. I want to welcome everyone to the show. I want to thank you all for your support in the show, for the many emails that I receive, and for the calls that we get in on this show. I want to also mention that today's show is very, very enlightening. You are going to find out a whole bunch of things about what's going on, what you can expect in the upcoming year and beyond. Because I've got with me one of the world's most renowned astrological, how should I say it, uh, I should say experts, actually, uh, in the field. And Jeff Jower is here with me today because there is so much going on. And I have actually come on the air and I've said some things that I think Jeff has to correct me about. Let me just say a little bit about Jeff and who he is. He is extremely well-known in the community. He's a dynamic teacher, writer, counselor. He is the CEO and co-founder of StarIQ.com and beyond. He is also the author of a phenomenal book, Your Astrology Guide 2006 with Rick Levine. He has co-authored four books uh, and writes about what he is passionate about. He also writes a column for the Mountain Astrologer. We're here today because we've got a new book. We've got uh, Trends in 2007, and we want to tell you all about all of that. Uh, I want to say that when we look at people that are in the field of astrology, and that have worked with many people, you want to go back and you want to check out how much experience they have, what they've been doing. Jeff has been in this field for, since 1973. He's practiced all over the country. And as a matter of fact, he was the corporate astrologer for International Horizons. And so you are ready, I hope, for a fabulous show. I hope you've got your pencil. I hope you've got your papers ready. And beyond that, I hope you have the telephone number for BBS Radio. If you don't and you want to call in and you've got questions, 877-876-5227. So let me introduce you to Jeff and we will get this show on the road. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Pat. Thank you for asking me. There is, again, so much to talk about in a lot of different ways. And, and, and let me just tell you what I was alluding to in the intro. I've come on the air a couple of times and have said uh, things like, uh, wow, we should all be paying attention because there are things like a Jupiter moving into Sagittarius and what does that mean anyway. And you've got a brand new book out. And I wish you would say a little bit about that because I want to make sure that folks know how to get a copy of the book and know how to get a copy or tap into what you do on the website. So let's make sure we mention, mention that often throughout the show. Sure, I'd be happy to. The book is called Your Astrology Guide 2007. Not the sexiest title in the world. But uh -huh. Our publisher, Sterling, which is part of Barnes & Noble, decided to make the title as clear as possible. It's the second one that Rick Levine and I have written together after the 2006. We're working on 2008 and 2009. So what this book is about is an astrological forecast for the year ahead, and it's uh, divided in several ways. In the beginning of the book, we talk about the major astrological trends 
of the year ahead. That's some of what you and I are going to talk about tonight. Exactly. This is the big planetary weather that we all experience, and understanding the big picture is a very positive and strong way to get grounded into each of our own smaller individual pictures. Then, after discussing the major planetary cycles, the Mercury retrogrades, and the eclipses for the year ahead, we go into a breakdown for each of the 12 signs of the zodiac. And the way that we do it is through an overview for the year ahead for each sign based upon different subject areas, love, career, uh, finances, spirituality, home and family, travel, health, etc. And then the book goes into a month-by-month breakdown for the major astrological patterns for each sign, including key dates in that month. So that's the structure of the book, and we've done our best to pack as much information as we could in it, but in a digestible and usable form. Well, you know, Jeff, there have been a number of people that I've talked to uh, over the years, and uh, I would say a majority of the folks are very, very jazzed about this year, very excited about what they call expansiveness. Some people call it cleansing. Some people say there's so much going on you can't even be sure of how to figure it out. What do you say about this year? Well, I do think it's a very exciting year. The way that we astrologers look at these patterns is basically to watch the planets as they're moving through the sky, noticing when they change signs, which color the behavior of the planets, and especially take notice of the relationships of the planets to one another. And the pair, which has been for thousands of years in the astrological tradition, the most reliable indicators for the bigger picture are Jupiter and Saturn. Ah. Jupiter is the planet of growth, expansion, and opportunity called the greater benefic. Or the well, you know, Jeff, uh, I love technology and how we have to continue to adjust to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always amazing to me. First of all, I'm always blown away by technology. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that we were just had a little bleep in the programming here. I don't want anybody to get along. We're right back with you. Uh, but all of this has to do with what you and I are talking about, and it really is talking about a phenomenal year. Well, it is a phenomenal year, potentially, because Jupiter, the planet of expansion, and Saturn, the planet of contraction and reality, they are both in fire signs this year. Jupiter, at least for most of the year, Jupiter is in fiery, outgoing Sagittarius, the once every 12 years when Jupiter is in its expansive home sign, and Saturn is in Leo, another fire sign. And when you've got these two big planets harmoniously hooked up, as Jupiter and Saturn are this year, uh, we have an enormous opportunity to take something big and make it real. All right, let me ask you the obvious question. I'm a little afraid to ask you this question. Let me do it anyway. I uh, happen to be uh, a Sagittarian. And so, you know, I've had different people come up to me or call me or email me that know this. And, of course, I'm on radio and I'm on radio and, you know, we did the whole birthday thing. So a lot of people know. So so there's, a, there's very interesting to watch the comments that people are making regarding those of us that happen to fall into the sign of Sagittarius. But my question is, uh, is there a difference between those that fall into the sign of Sagittarius and, you know, the effect of Jupiter 
Or is this going to be sort of globally for people regardless of sign? Well, it's it's an odd answer to give to an <laughs> either-or question because the answer is both. Okay. Sagittarians are the most directly touched by Jupiter's passage through their sign. And to get a handle on what this might mean, look back 12 years to 1995, the last time Jupiter was in Sagittarius. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to repeat the events of 1995. There were lots of other things going on in your life at that time, astrologically, that were different as well, and it's 12 years later. But there was a process of learning, growth, and expansion that began then that Sagittarians especially are completing this year. You're graduating, and you're getting ready to go on to the next level. It is so funny that you mentioned that. The minute that you popped into 1995, there's like, you know, there may have been other things going on in my life. But I can honestly say to you that that was such a profoundly expansive year for me in that I was accepted into a Ph.D. program and began my education, in higher education, back in 1995. Well, th th that's a perfect expression, although, not, of course, not the only expression right. of Jupiter and Sagittarius. But I think there's something else okay. especially significant for your sign. Okay. And I do want to point out as well that there are individual differences, obviously, among Sagittarians. Yes. Uh, uh, personalized astrology, which Rick and I do for individual clients, which we present uh, through various reports, primarily on tarot, T-A-R-O-T dot com, are based upon an individual birth chart for a time, date, and place of birth, mm -hmm. which not only has your sun sign of Sagittarius, it has the exact degree, and of course it's got the moon and all the rest of the planets. That's the real hardcore nuts and bolts of personalized astrology. But we can't write 200,000 books for individuals, which is why we write sun sign books and provide computerized reports and individual concentrations, uh, consultations for your own chart. But what I want to mention is that Pluto, the mythological lord of the underworld, mm -hmm. and although Pluto may have been kicked out of the planetary pantheon, by the astronomers, we astrologers don't care. Okay. This tiny little body at the outer edge of our solar system is a powerhouse. And it's interesting, in mythology, Pluto w was an outcast. Pluto was the lord of the underworld. So it's somewhat appropriate that official science, the International Astronomical Union, has stripped Pluto of its planetary status. But nevertheless, it's extremely powerful. And Pluto has been moving through Sagittarius. Um, a, a, a Pluto in Sagittarius has transformed the lives of Sagittarians over the past dozen years or so, mm -hmm. as a result of which there has been an enormous amount of transformation for Sagittarians especially, an enormous amount of emptying out. So what's particularly striking, Pat, is that this sign which has been emptying and purging under the influence of Pluto, now gets to expand through the cycle of Jupiter. The more you let go of and have let go of, obviously, the more room there is to take in new ideas, concepts, and experiences. 
which makes your sign such a dynamic one right now. Well, I have to tell you, we could probably end the show right now because that pretty much sums up my life for the past 12 years, <laughs> Jeff. But no, we're not going to end the show we because have 11 other signs. we've got 11 other signs to talk about. But, you know, the way that you describe that, I, honestly, it has been so perfect. I've not really heard it described like that for me before. As I look back, and, and, and I think what you're talking about is really key to our listeners because, you know, we really do get to reflect and look at the way our lives have been shaped and continue to be shaped. And the question comes up all the time, Jeff, and it's about this. Is this about fate? Is this about destiny? Or is this about choice? Well, th this, of course, is one of the, the greatest philosophical questions of history <laughs> uh, with some long and complex responses that have been given uh, since the dawn of civilization. Um, I don't think it's fate or free will. I think it's both. Okay. Uh, here's how I'd like to uh, uh, make that distinction. We appear to have choice. In other words, I choose to say yes right now, although I could have said no. That appears to be some degree of choice, some degree of free will. And insofar as that exists, we express it. We operate at a level of choice. But frankly, Pat, from the higher level, that is from a spiritual dimension or a multi-lifetime dimension right. or uh, some higher level, who the heck knows? Because even though I think I chose to say yes a moment ago, I don't know where that thought comes from. It may have been writ in another dimension uh, 10 millennia ago, for all I know. In other words, there are wheels within wheels. In our human lives on a daily level, we do exercise what apparently is free will. I encourage it. I think that's part of what being a human in this dimension is about. And we have, apparently at that level, enormous choice. But really, in the bigger picture of things, no one knows. You know, I, I think that all of this, for me, has been, Jeff, it's been about having information. And, you know, I will say I'm a pretty intuitive person. And the information has really helped me at look at different aspects of what I'm going through in my life and sort of find, uh, let's say, a key, a secret, un unlock a door, but sort of a, a rationalization on some things that are happening. Also, at the same time, I think there are many, many people that, uh, that live in the question. As we were speaking, it's interesting because I received a couple of questions, apparently from a Leo that would like some answers to the same <laughs> questions. And your point is well taken. I think that um, it isn't just about Sagittarius, but all of the signs are affected by the different movements, correct? Oh, a a absolutely. It's simply that the magnifying glass of Jupiter is in Sagittarius this year. But many of your listeners may be Capricorns, Virgos, Pisces, who have not only will they certainly have Sagittarius somewhere in their chart, but for many of your listeners, they may have something very significant themselves in Sagittarius, mm. like their moon sign, like their rising sign. If they get their chart done for free at Turo.com or StarIQ.com or any other source of an astrological chart, they can have that kind of information and see where they are Sagittarius. 
Well, one of the things I want to make sure that everyone knows, uh, I'm, I'm here with Jeff Jowra, and I, I gave a, certainly a brief introduction at the top of the hour talking about all of the fabulous work he's been doing, and he's been doing it for a, quite some time. And he is considered one of the top people in the field. And I am thrilled that he's come on our show to talk about uh, the, the new book that uh, both he and his co-author has put out, and that is this current astrology guide, correct, Jeff? That, that, that's right, the 2007 Seven. Your Astrology Guide with my mug and Rick's mug on the cover is available everywhere except borders. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you're in the world of Barnes & Noble. Exactly. You can be everywhere, Amazon, BN.com, through our website, anywhere, but not borders. Oh, it's it, yeah, I wonder what sign they're under. Uh, I, I don't know. But I, I, I'm a fan of all books. <laughs> I am too. Well, I have to tell you, I spent some time in in the websites in Star, uh, Star IQ, and then also, as you mentioned, uh, it's Tarot.com, right? Oh, right. Rick uh, and I write for both sites. Exactly. And I want to just encourage everyone that there is so much wonderful information in here. There's an entire library of articles. There's, uh, there are features in here that you can take a look at. Uh, the links in here are incredible. So there's so much to really check out. Well, there, uh, there's also a free email forecast service. Exactly. The Planet Forecast doesn't give you a detailed astrological report, but if you sign up and it's free and we don't give your information away to anybody, you will get transit information that is the current astrological influences based on your true birth chart for the fast-moving planets Mercury, Venus, and Mars. It's not in-depth, but it gives you a fast, flavorful look at some of the quicker-moving cycles a half a dozen times or so a month. Well, that is so great. We're going to keep mentioning these websites and keep mentioning the book because uh, I think that uh, people will really find phenomenal information and some of the topics we're going to cover today. Now, we also mentioned that there are other things going on between um, uh, Sagittarius and uh, Jupiter. And I did get an email because it is, you know, what I find is that uh, we now have the attention of someone that's listening to the show. And the questions have to do with Leo. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Leo. All right. Because while Jupiter, the planet of expansion, is in Sagittarius, and by the way, that's not bad for Leos. Sagittarius is five signs from uh, Leo. Therefore, it's what we call its solar fifth house, the house of creativity, romance, and self-expression, suggesting that the, this year, 2007, brings a lot of juice to that area of Leo's lives. But Saturn, the planet with the ring around it, which in astrological tradition was considered to be the most realistic and hardcore, Saturn is in Leo and has been in Leo since the summer of 2005. Saturn will leave Leo on the 2nd of September this year, and anyone born in the last 10 or 11 days of Leo, which puts us at about, oh, August 11th or 12th on, you later Leos are still getting Saturn, the planet of hard-cold reality, passing over your sun a once-every-29-year event, which has to do with facing some hard-cold reality about who you are, 
what you want and making a commitment to rebuilding your life in a way that's more effective and meaningful for you or if you don't a greater likelihood of feeling more anchored stuck and limited in the life that's not working for you so leo's have put in a lot of hard work depending upon where they are in the sign of leo and for those in the last third of the sign or so there's still some very important decision making to be done this year well, and this is what's so wonderful about what we're talking about. There are so many different dimensions of this. A couple of follow-up questions, and this is a really good question, and I think this question really, Jeff, for our listeners, is going to really touch on the dynamic nature of astrology. This question is, how does a Leo with a Scorpio moon and a Capricorn rising find balance in general and in 2007 in particular? Well, all right. Wow. Let's break down the question for the listeners. All right. Uh, what astrology does, and when you have a full birth chart which has the sun, the moon, the planets, the ascendant or rising sign, all the houses, all that business, it describes different aspects of human character. The sun is will and consciousness, one's life force and identity, the Leo part. The moon represents emotions, feelings, instincts, day-to-day habit pattern and routine the Scorpio part, and the ascendant or rising of this particular listener, Capricorn, has a great deal to do with how a person comes across, how the person presents themselves. Number one, balance. I don't know that balance is so easy to come by with this combination, nor is it necessarily ideal. Got it. I, I think what happens, I mean, the principle of balance, of course, has an important role in human experience. But sometimes our notion of balance is really to cut out the extremes of our personality, and as such, we can disempower ourselves. Leo is a very strong sign that is basically rooted in the notion of creation. I create, says the sun in Leo. But the moon, the planet of emotion and feeling in Scorpio, where I happen to have the moon, and where one of my Leo daughters happens to have her moon, Scorpio moon is aware of death, of ending, of transformational processes. Scorpio represents that part of the annual cycle when the leaves fall off the trees, when the final harvest is over, and we have to assess the resources we have as a limited quantity. So Leo and Scorpio together are two strong and willful signs, but one that's about play and creation, Leo, And one, which is about survival and transformation, Scorpio. Balance? Well, I think rather than balance, as the great late astrologer Zip Dobbins once said, the issue where we have contrast, as we have between Leo and Scorpio, for example, is not balance, nor always choosing one over the other. It's to be able to navigate from one to the other appropriately according to the circumstances. When a Leo has an opportunity to create from scratch, go for it, be bold, take risks, act like you're the center of the universe capable of creating all. But when you are dealing with an intense emotional situation involving something else, be a Scorpio moon, go deep, be intense, be willing to look at the dark side of feelings and work with what's there. Capricorn, the rising sign, the rising sign is how we come across, how we meet the world. 
Capricorn Rising feel responsible. You have a very strong combination, listener, with Leo, Scorpio, and Sagittarius. The balance is not, I think, to either be playful or to always be serious. I think it's to be serious about your play, to be formidable, to be strong, to be willful, and to use the power of your will. I would say a good thing to do over the next year, since with a Capricorn rising, what it means is that Jupiter in Sag, the sign before Capricorns, in your spiritual 12th house. It's sort of a combination of expand your faith and increase the intensity of your interaction with others. The willingness to engage, to go deeper financially, emotionally, sexually, on a one-to-one level can work well for you this year if it's in a larger spiritual container. That is, in the sense that whatever your personality goes for, for love, lust, or money, recognize that it has a purpose and a meaning beyond your own desires, and there are resources available beyond your own imagination. Wow, Jeff. That was totally awesome. But it points to exactly what I was saying, that this is something that really the conversation around astrology, around one's chart, uh, really has to do with a a seriously in-depth understanding of how this all works. Well, yeah, I think one one of the great things about astrology is that if it was totally made up, In other words, instead of being part of what created civilization, which it is, as any historian of of science knows, but if astrology was just made up out of someone's imagination this week, it would still be the most complex, profound system of psychology that we have. I mean, the psychological models that we work with are actually pretty limited. And in terms, I mean, there's Jungian ideas and there's Freudian ideas and, and Skinnerian ideas. There, there, there are certainly psychological ideas about who we are and how we operate. But none has really captured the public consciousness. None has endured very long except for astrology, which posits a model of 12 types of energy rolling out through the 12 signs punched up by 12 engines of behavior, all of the planets, that link nature, that is the seasons, with the birth of a human being. If it were totally made up, it would still be brilliant and powerful. Well, it, it certainly is something that there are millions and pe- millions of people that look at, yet at the same time, uh, and this has been disturbing to me, in some of the states in the United States, astrology is considered illegal, uh, from what I understand. Well, astrology is covered under many of the old fortune-telling laws, but an organization that I helped found 24 years ago called AFAN, or Astrologers uh, a Networking Organization, has successfully brought court cases and legal action. And, and, and so the places where these kinds of restrictions exist about astrology and other psychic phenomenon, we've made enormous headway in the last couple of decades. But, you know, one thing that I think is, is, is critical, this refers to astrology or any other belief system religion or philosophy. What is important is individual empowerment. 
I would rather have someone live without astrology in their lives than be a slave to it, than have it be the final arbiter of all the decisions that they made. We are here as humans, each one of us, a laboratory of experience with a heart and a mind and, 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 and an incredible system for processing information that we're, we're just learning how to use. We're just scratching the surface of our human potential. And when systems like astrology, numerology, Christianity, Buddhism, communism, whatever they are, when they are applied, I think that they offer information that each individual has to pick and choose from to maximize his or her own, her, her own potential. Pat, one of my, my songs, and I think I, I think I may have even discussed this with you the last time we were on the air together, Saturn, the planet of hard-cold reality, in Leo. Mm -hmm. Leo is the sign of the power of individual personality. What that means is that the great building that can occur now has to do with each individual being as bold and creative and powerful as she or he can be. I understand in spiritual circles, of which I've been a, 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 a member for, for three decades, that we recognize that there's a collective spirit, a higher mind, a greater consciousness of which we are all a part. Yet at this moment with Saturn in Leo, the great work is done in each individual heart with the courage to create, to push forward as individuals so that we can contribute to the collective human story. Each and every one of us. Yep. As we step forward, Jeff, and this is, I love what you're talking about, because as we step forth into this year, and for most of you that are out there and listening to the show, and you want to find out more about this, believe me, get a copy of Your Astrology Guide to 2007, and they can get that uh, numerous places, as we said before. But for a lot of people, and, and I want to say this, we're, we're just barely into the year, Honestly, we're just barely into the year. I have had such an incredible response from listeners, some of them feeling the energy, the excitement of this year, and others feeling so heavy they cannot get out of their way. Is this an anomaly or is this a year of contrast? Well, don't you think every year is in some ways a year of contrast? Oh, and, for me it's been. <laughs> there, there are people drinking champagne, flying in their private jets, and there are people dying in the streets. This is, this is part of the, the vast tapestry of the human experience. Um, perhaps it feels more intense than at other times in history because we're so linked up. We're so wired together that we can uh, sort of know what's going on around the world in ways that we didn't before. Uh, but, you know, in, in some ways these feel like extreme times. It certainly is uh, a possible that we are at the edge of our technological wave that, that you know, you talked about technology. Well, mm -hmm. you know, uh, are, are our children going to be able to breathe on this planet? Will we have fuel to maintain this technology? And will the fuel that maintain, uh, maintains it 
allow nature, allow us to coexist in nature so that we can continue. Now, that's a, that's a ticking bomb of, uh, you know, that, that does grow louder year by year by year. Um, but certainly, I, I, you know, I don't know about the rest of the world, but in the United States, where, where you and I live, the income disparity keeps getting greater. The rich get rich and the poor get poorer. And whether that is something that individuals you and I know personally are experiencing, we all swim in that collective sea. And so whether we choose to see it or not, uh, it's happening in our world. So there is that kind of extremism. But again, while it may be greater than ever, it's always been part of our story. It has been part of our story. And and the story uh, for a lot of people, Jeff, uh, again, seems to be one of uh, I want my answers now. And what you talked about when you described Jupiter and Sagittarius and talked about sort of, you know, this these earlier years, I guess, under um, under Saturn, right? Um, yes. You were talking about the clearing out. Let me ask you this question because I've heard this both in spiritual circles and in metaphysical uh, conversations. And, and it goes like this. If one hasn't done their, quote, clearing out, when one was supposed to, then am I not going to be able to experience my full expansiveness? Uh, yeah, uh, that, I, I agree with the, with the idea that there are processes to go through as individuals and that when we don't go through those processes, the opportunities don't arrive. Or even if the opportunities arrive, we don't get out of them what we hope to and expect to. For example, on a spiritual level, it's actually pretty easy to have a moment of enlightenment. And in fact, you know, any nice day where the sun is shining on your cheek and, and your favorite song is playing on the radio can be like a moment of bliss. The availability of bliss, of this sense of union and connection that is higher spiritual meaning is enormous. Maintaining it, though, is extremely difficult, especially if we haven't, one way or another, addressed our neuroses, untied the knots of self-negation, of fear and doubt. I mean, I don't think they ever all get untied, but there is a certain amount of work or awareness to do or grace to have that makes it possible to fulfill our potential. But I mentioned actually just yesterday to someone a, a stunning quotation that I read about the Dalai Lama. Uh -huh. The Dalai Lama meditates, of course, every day, which would certainly be appropriate for any practicing Buddhist. But he said what he does in his meditation is basically he watches the struggle between his positive emotions and his negative emotions. I was stunned to hear that. Wow. I would have thought that someone at his level of awareness and spiritual practice would have moved beyond that and would instead perhaps be struggling with some greater collective process. What it goes to show is no matter how far we go, when we're in a body, we're still human and we are still subject to the pulling tides of engagement with the divine and withdrawal from it. That's part of the human dilemma. You know, I think one of the reasons we, we 
pull back from bliss, even when it's presented itself to us, is because if we're blissful, then we disconnect from our own history. And I believe that the unconscious is more concerned with the continuity of identity. I want to see my face in the mirror tomorrow morning. I don't necessarily want to see the face of some enlightened being who is somewhat of a stranger to Jeff Jower. So I think it's natural for all of us to have an ebb and flow, a struggle, a push towards enlightenment, fulfillment, and happiness, and some withdrawal from it. And, and yet growth is not about untying all of the knots at once. It's about at least untying some of the knots. From a spiritual perspective, you know, maybe loosening one knot of anger just a little bit, <laughs> taking one notch out of the belt of greed would be an enormous step forward. I don't know, but it does feel and look like progress. Oh, absolutely does, uh, and, and I want to uh, make sure that everyone knows uh, that this conversation that I'm having is with Jeff Jower, and he is a well-known, well-known astrologer. He is well-known for his uh, teachings, his writing, and the fabulous work and the gift that he brings to each and every one of us. We're talking about the book that has been released for 2007, Your Astrology Guide 2007 with Rick Levine. And if you want to find out more about astrology, about some of the, the writings that Jeff does, you can go to www.stariq.com. Uh, and Jeff, how do people get in touch with you directly? Well, they can email me is the best way at jjower, that's J-J-A-W-E-R, at stariq, S-T-A-R-I-Q, dot com. Well, you know, I want to mention to everyone out there listening that if you've got a question, comment, you want to find something out about your chart, give us a shout, one eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven. That's toll-free, 877-876-5227. I received another email, and I want to bring it right to you because I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this or heard of it. Oh, sounds exciting. This is something that, and okay, you ready? Yeah. I have the following in my seventh house. Pluto, Mars, Jupiter, Sun, Uranus, Venus, Mercury. My question is, should I be put to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, if it, not, how? <laughs> well, it sounds like someone who was born in the 60s, most likely. Okay. Since Uranus and Pluto were about, uh, were reasonably close together at that time. Look, all charts are perfect. We are only uh, uh, given uh, what we are capable of handling. No, you shouldn't be put to sleep at all. You should be a potent, powerful, exciting, dramatic person, giving lots of ideas, lots of inspiration, Jupiter, to others, that transforms them. The seventh house of the chart is the house of, of partnership, both on a one-to-one -one level and one's relationship to the general public. Mostly, what we do is we project planets and signs in our seventh house. That is, we seek out or attract other people who play out those characteristics. Carl Jung's, one of his many brilliant ideas was about taking back projection. That is, those parts of ourselves, positive or negative, that we give away or seek out in others are really parts of ourselves. Taking back the projection means owning it. 
Seventh house is often a house of projection. Taking back all of those planets, all of those energies, suggests that the person who contacted you, Pat, is an individual who has the capacity to transform Pluto, awaken and shock Uranus, expand and enlighten Jupiter, and I don't remember what else <laughs> was in that laundry list of planets. Pluto, Mars, Jupiter, uh, Uranus, Venus, Sun, Mercury. Oh, all of it. Well, that this person can have an enormous impact in awakening others and in, in and enjoying the process. Venus is a planet of pleasure. I mean, there are some of astrology's hard guys in there. Uranus and Pluto and Mars are all kind of tough, but Venus, Jupiter, and the Sun are really sweet. Yeah. I think the key issue is that this individual needs to have an impact on others. And if she or he goes too far, so be it. Better to be overbearing, obnoxious, pushing, explosive, dangerous, threatening, <laughs> risky, sexy, seductive, overpowering, than sitting back and letting other people have all the fun. Well, boy, that is a prescription for sizzle and juiciness, isn't it? Exactly. You know, Jeff, the discussion uh, around astrology, and, and I see this more and more, where people are so drawn to finding more out about the unknown and make the unknown known to themselves than ever before. It seems like we are stepping into a world of tell me more, and not just about tell me more about the details of how to get my laundry done on time, Right. But tell me more about the bigger questions. What does 2007 bring to us in it, the exploration of that? Well, I, I think what it suggests is it's not knowing more, it's doing more. Okay. Uh, while, you know, m most of us are hungry for answers. That, that's part of the human experience, and certainly since the 60s especially, since the Uranus-Pluto conjunction in the mid-60s, the explosion of information has, uh, you know, occult, metaphysical, uh, transpersonal, psychological information has, you know, really created an even bigger world of, of data for us. But like, I, I bet you're like me, Pat, and you have a lot of books. And in those books, there are some brilliant ideas about life. Yes. And if you're like me, well, let me not project this. I'll own it. So far, so good. <laughs> okay. Well, what I do is I buy more books because it's easier to buy books than to actually live the life. Mm. And so I think the point is that we need to live the life. That 2007 is rich in fire energy, and that fire is not just the idea or the concept fire is living the life. Well, I'm ready to kick it up, and so are our listeners. I think we have a caller. Who do we have on the line? Welcome to the show. Hi, Dwayne. Hi, Hi Dwayne. Dwayne. How are you? Good. I'm going to have to switch phones. I just got a beep on the one I was on, and the producers told me my other phone. I wasn't loud <laughs> enough, so I will be shouting louder and hope we get through, Dwayne. What can we do for you today, Dwayne? Um, I have a... a basically a long-term question because I was uh, studying astrology for years and I seem to not get a lot of answers. 
similar to, and the last caller had a, a lot of planets in the seventh house. Yeah. And I have a lot in the eighth, and um, they're opposite opposite to Uranus and Pluto. And um, I was just wondering. Um, I recently found out I had ADD, and I was just wondering. Uh, if I could get some advice. Okay. Well, right. Did you hear that, Jeff? Yeah. Yes, I did. Can you hear me, Dwayne? Sure. All right, yeah. Dwayne. Yeah. Let I me have... ask you what your date of birth is. February twenty first, nineteen sixty six. And the uh, the time and place? Is Portabasque, P O R T A U X B A S Q U E S. Well, give me the time first, please. Okay. It's uh, three three forty six. PM. Okay, hold on, my computer. Three forty-six PM, and tell me the place again. Would you like the longitude and latitude? No, no, I definitely don't. My computer will do that. Just name the place, please. Okay, channel, channel, C H A N N E L, Port of Basque. Channel Port. Port of Basque. How do you spell that again? Uh, port. Uh, port. P O R T A U X. A U X. Oh, Basque, B-A-S-Q-U-E? Yes, yeah. And what country is that? That's Canada. Canada. I didn't know you had Basque in Canada. Okay, gotcha. Found it. Okay. Um, All right. I think we all have ADD these days anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you've you've got a load of Pisces stuff. Yeah. And a lot of it in the eighth house. As you said, the Moon, Mars, Saturn, exactly joined together. Exactly. Yeah, that, that seems to uh, take an, uh, a lot of astrologers take an interest in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, what that means, I don't want to leave the audience out, as you and I have this semi-private conversation on the details of your personal chart. But what it basically means is that is, is that one part of your chart, the Moon of Emotions and Feelings, is joined with Mars and Saturn, who are sort of protectors with Mercury, and yet Uranus and Pluto, who are sort of the subversive guys, are opposing it all. You know what I think your chart means? Let me. It's very complex, and one can't reduce a life to one simple thing. But I think the most important thing in your life is to make things simpler <laughs> and to enjoy them. You have what's called the Moon-South Node, which is an old familiar pattern in Scorpio. And what that means is you will be looking and looking and looking and looking and looking for the answers to the mystery your whole life. And I don't think that that will necessarily be satisfying. What is satisfying in a birth chart is the moon's north node, a point of growth or integration, which for you is in Taurus. And since Taurus is my sign, my sun sign, I have the right to describe it as the sign of fat, dumb, and happy. In other words, every time your head goes in a spin trying to figure things out, do something that's good, comfortable, and pleasant for your body, whether it's music, massage, walking, eating, or cooking, that the answers for you are not in, I think, the deep metaphysical pursuit, regardless of how interesting and fascinating that is, that the answers for you are actually in the simple act of sensual pleasure. How does that sound, Dwayne? Probably <laughs> That's the opposite of what I, I thought, actually. Good, good. Yeah, it's, it's with a chart like yours, it's so easy to overcomplicate things. 
because you are a complex guy. But I think you are a complex guy who integrates, who pulls the pieces together through a simple, grounded, comfortable life in which this complexity can flourish. Don't ask too many questions. Just do it. All right. There you go, Dwayne. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks again. Well, you know, some of this, uh, and uh, boy, Jeff, thank you so much for that. And uh, I'm sure our listeners uh, are, are thanking you as well. I want to make sure that if folks want to contact you directly, that they know exactly how to do that. So if you could give your email address again and the websites again and how people can get a copy of the book, that would be great. The book, Your Astrology Guide 2007 by Rick Levine and, and me, Jeff Chower can be found just about anywhere, bn.com for Barnes & Noble, amazon.com, or support your local bookstore if they've got it in-house. My personal email and professional email address is jjower, j-j-a-w-e-r, at stariq, s-t-a-r-i-q.com. If you go to stariq.com, as Dr. Pat was kind enough to mention you'll find loads of astrology stuff. You can sign up for my free new moon report, all sorts of goodies. And uh, you can contact me there. Or Tarot is in the Tarot deck, T-A-R-O-T dot com. If you're interested in Tarot, which is a fascinating divination system, uh, you'll find a great deal there. But there's also an astrology section where I contribute and through which you can reach me. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, I think we have a time for, I've got another email uh, that I'd like to uh, uh, ask you about, if you don't mind. Not at all. Uh, today is my son's 28th birthday. Mm-hmm. What's in store for him this year? All right. Now, oh, so we have to do the higher math. I guess we do. Which, which, which means that her son was born, what are we in, 2007. Right. So it's, it's uh, 
in astrological timing will not be an adult for about another 18 months. We become adults astrologically when Saturn, the planet of hard, cold reality, returns to where it was when we were born. That occurs between the ages of 29 and 30. It doesn't mean that we can't accomplish a great deal. Alexander conquered the known world, or much of it, well before that age. But it does mean that there's a process of maturing that happens then. Uh, and I think for him, the key element is specialization. He's so wide open, he's so Aquarian, he's so interested in lots of things, and that really for him, he's probably going to do a whole lot better to obsess and focus on developing his skills and his interests to the sharpest degree possible in one specific area at a time, and that will be his gateway through to, I think, a more satisfying life. Wow. Well, you know, Jeff, I've, this has been such a fabulous, fabulous show. I had to chuckle about the whole Aquarius thing uh -huh. uh, because my partner is an Aquarian, uh -huh. and I'm thinking to myself, oh, now, finally, after this many years, I'm going to get it. The good news, I guess, that we have both our moons in Capricorn. Well, I don't know if that's good or not. Well, I, well, I, I, I think lunar understanding since the moon is home family and emotions is probably the most significant fa single factor for long-term successful partnership be what be because the moon is what we feel at home uh, okay and, and having some some shared elements there is pretty important wow you know jeff as we close the show i got to ask you this question if there's one thing in 2007 i know this is a simplified question but if there were one thing in 2007 to either be really excited about or watch out about watch out for what would you say it is well you know i talked earlier about jupiter and saturn being in Leo, in fire sign yes and uh, sort of my theme that works the best, I think, is be bold, but really plan and do the work. Don't let your enthusiasm get so far ahead of you that you're not doing the groundwork necessary to support the castle in the sky that you're building. A castle in the sky is built like any other castle, one brick at a time. The higher you aim, the more grounded we, you need to be this year. And if that combination of a bold and inspiring vision with a commitment to doing the grunt work is there, uh, the possibilities are extraordinary. Well, you just said a mouthful for me because I was whining about the grunt work. I guess I better just suck it up. It's glorious grunt work. <laughs> we should all be happy slaves building the pyramids as long as they're of our own design and desire. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, this has been such an incredible show, and I love the way that you approach this. I mean, I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours because there's such wonderful gold nuggets in what you say, and the way that you say it is really honoring of the people uh, that you really are talking about, and that's a very special gift, Jeff. Oh, thank you, Pat. It's a very special gift. Okay, I want everyone to remember, uh, as we said earlier, get to, you can actually get a free chart done on the websites that I think we just directed right, folks to. Right, And in fact, uh, if you buy your Astrology Guide 2007, and I want to point out uh, that there are also 12 individual books, one for each sign, broken down of the big book. 
So if you don't want to break out the 1295 and you're just interested in one or two signs, you can buy a 495 book uh, that will cover your sign. But in the big book, the overall guide, uh, there's also a coupon uh, for $15 worth of free reports from Tarot.com. Oh, but what a deal this is. Uh, so you folks can get this right off the, the chart and, um, uh, excuse me, right off of the website, which is great, or Barnes and Nobles, uh, and whatever works for you. But the bottom line is, I mean, it's a fabulous guide, and it is only $12, and I say that, and that is fabulous. So why don't you get out there and get the book, and uh, if you have questions or comments for Jeff, again, Jeff, let's give out your email. It's jjower, that's J-J-A-W-E-R, at star-I-Q, S-T-A-R-I-Q.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. And don't forget, everyone, please go to these websites because there's tons of information on here, just tons of information. And, Jeff, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You, too, have a great year ahead, Pat. It's it's been a delight. Oh, wonderful. As uh, I move forward with Jupiter and Sagittarius, being a little Sagittarian than I am. (laughs) And the, the tagline is, nothing exceeds like excess. That's one of the articles right on here. I know I'm going to read it. Jeff Jower, you rock. Thank you. You too, Pat. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about the amazing 11 hours that we have live on radio uh, in Chicago, in Seattle, in Tampa, Boston, uh, Alabama, you go to the website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com, over 400 uh, shows in our archives there and still loading them up, brand new website. I want to thank everyone at bbsradio.com for really opening up and enlightening our world and keep doing what you all are doing. Until next week, I want to say make yourselves a fabulous, fabulous week and go after your dreams. Know that you can have exactly what you desire in this lifetime and know that I'm right there with you with the pom-poms and everything. Until next week, have a great one. We'll see you then.